This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Joni Mitchell is one of Canada's most celebrated singer-songwriters. She's also well-known for her reclusiveness. Now, a new book takes us into her private world. Today, I'll chat with Malka Marom, author of Joni Mitchell, in her own words. Plus, we're proud to announce the official launch of our sister radio station, the new classical 102.9 FM. Located in Collingwood, the station will broadcast the world's best classical music to the Georgian Triangle, an area that has boomed over the past decade. I'll be joined by Julie Card of mycollingwood.ca, and she'll tell us why the area has become a year-round destination. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The United States is unprepared for the housing needs of its aging population. That's the takeaway from a new report by Harvard's Joint Center for Housing Studies and the AARP Foundation. The report says the number of Americans aged 50 and over is expected to grow to 133 million by 2030, an increase of more than 70 percent since the year 2000. But housing that's affordable, physically accessible, well-located and coordinated with supports and services is in too short supply. The report highlights a special concern for younger Zoomers now in their 50s. With lower incomes, wealth and home ownership rates and more debt than previous generations, they may be unable to cover the cost of housing and long-term care. One of the most devastating effects of Alzheimer's disease is when a person can no longer recognize family and friends. Anyone who has watched a loved one suffer the disease knows this. But Kelly Gunderson was able to enjoy a touching moment with her mother, who was in the late stages of the disease. Her mother had a lucid moment and recognized Kelly. The moment was captured on video and has become a viral sensation. I love you, Mama. I love you. But you, do you know who I am, though? Uh-huh. Who? Uh, Kelly. Yes, Mama. Yes, I am Kelly. Uh-huh. Well, I love <laughs> Kelly. And didn't I name you Kelly? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you a while ago you didn't know who I was. Meanwhile, there's more evidence about the relationship between memory loss and sleep. A new British study suggests sleep loss may lead to a faster rate of decline in the brain, actually causing it to shrink. The research published in the journal Neurology showed more rapid decline in widespread areas of the brain for participants who had sleep problems, a finding that was worse for those 60 and older. But researchers acknowledge it could be the other way around, meaning if the brain is shrinking, it may lead 
to those sleep problems. And lastly, this week we lost the queen of comedy, Joan Rivers. I do not cook. I hate to cook. Cooking is boring and it is stupid. Flies come to my kitchen. They have to brown bag it. I, I'm not... The acerbic comedian had her start on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson in the 1960s. By the 80s, she had become the official guest host of The Tonight Show, a stint that lasted until her public falling out with Carson in 1986, the year she left The Tonight Show to star in her own late-night show on Fox. The Late Show with Joan Rivers was not a success and was cancelled after seven months. But it wasn't the end of Rivers' career. She continued performing as a stand-up comic, became a daytime talk show host, and became famous, or infamous, for her red carpet coverage at the Oscars. Joan Rivers was hospitalized in New York just over a week ago after she suffered cardiac arrest during a procedure on her vocal cords. She passed away this Thursday at the age of 81. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Yesterday marked the official launch of our sister station, the new classical 102.9 FM in Collingwood. It's no accident that we're focusing on the Georgian Triangle. The area is a veritable mecca for Zoomers. Its natural beauty and amenities have everything to promote a healthy, active lifestyle, and the town's smaller scale fosters a sense of community. I chatted with a woman who is an authority on all things Collingwood, Julie Card, founder of mycollingwood.ca. Is it kind of the idea of a country lifestyle, or is it something different? Well, I think it's a little bit different than that. I think it's um, you get a lot of the, the outdoor feeling. There's a lot of um, opportunity for entrepreneurship up here. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I think you see a lot of people that are leaving Toronto. They've had sort of enough of the hustle and bustle, and it's definitely a different lifestyle choice. Um, for ourselves, we, we moved up here full time. We were weekenders all our lives and um, living in downtown Toronto, and we were always drawn to the area through skiing, and we have four kids. And so it was always a great place to keep the family together and enjoy a lot of outdoor recreational activities. And we got to the point where we loved it up here so much, we just didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And again, does, is, is the glue, the thing it revolves around, is it skiing? Because, of course, Collingwood is a fabulous skiing destination. I think skiing is one of the things that draws people to the region, but then when they get up here, they realize that it's not just a, a winter destination, it's definitely four seasons. And what we've really noticed in the last 10 years specifically is the shoulder seasons between summer and winter, and then again between winter and summer, are getting smaller and smaller. So there's sort of less time um, in between shoulder seasons. It's really become a full, a full season destination up here. We've got the water, we've got the bay for sailing and boating in the summertime. Uh, a lot of bike trails. Collingwood has an amazing system of uh, bike trails that are all networked together. So you can get around anywhere on your bicycle up here. Um, and also the terrain is really good for various levels of physical activity. So you don't have to be, you know, um, a weekend warrior going on an 18-speed bike. You can just have a regular bike and go on a nice flat uh, trail. The Georgian Trail goes all the way from Collingwood through to Meaford, and it's pretty much flat. Or you can uh, pick more challenging routes. 
What about cultural events? Um, we have a ton of arts and cultural events here, tons of live music. Um, there are a lot of um, artists in the area, uh, both um, visual and musical. And um, then we also have live theater, which is uh, Theater Collingwood, and they're putting on some pretty great productions these days. In terms of business, so people are moving up there. I'm assuming that uh, some people are giving up their day jobs and looking to get into business by themselves. Yes, yeah. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. The community's certainly growing. Um, and uh, I think if you find the sort of the right niche uh, or the right sort of gap in the marketplace for an entrepreneurial idea to, to um, you know, take hold, there's a lot of opportunity. For example, one industry that's really grown in uh, recently is uh, the craft brewing industry up here. I think we have four new craft breweries that have just opened up in the last in the last year up here. Really? Yep. Yep. And then a new cidery has just opened up as well. And um, <clears throat> so I, I think that there's uh, that that really shows growth. And we have uh, restaurants. New restaurants are opening up all the time up here. And what do you think that uh, 102.9 FM classical music will bring to the region? Well, I think one of the most important things that you're going to bring is choice because you are satisfying um, a need, a definite need in the marketplace to provide uh, classical music programming that is not currently satisfied by the existing radio stations up here. So I think it's really important for consumers to have choice, and you're definitely giving that to us. Sandra Cooper is Collingwood's mayor. She says that although Zoomers make up the biggest part of the town's population, the drive to move there is often a multi-generational affair. We do have residents who have their primary home elsewhere, but what is happening is they're coming to retirement, they're moving to Collingwood. So the parents are here, the children come on weekends, the family members, They love it here so much that they oftentimes, they're setting up office and maybe commuting one or two days a week, but they're making calling with their their primary home. So that generally is how it is working. Again, when you're in the area, you can tune in to the new classical 102.9 FM. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. For years, Joni Mitchell has avoided any spotlight on her personal life. But a new book written by her friend Malka Marom gives us insight into the tumultuous life and the creative process behind the scenes of Joni Mitchell's international singing career. Malka will join me next. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Zoomers will remember the groundbreaking 60s-era duo Malka and Yoso. When she was at the height of her fame, Malka Marom met an unknown singer named Joni Mitchell. That encounter at the legendary Riverboat Coffee House was the beginning of a 40-year friendship. Over the years, the notoriously interview-shy Joni kept talking to Malka, who became a broadcast journalist. Now those conversations are the basis of a new book, Joni Mitchell in her own words. And I had a conversation with Malka about the book. In those days, it was the Malka and Yoso duo. It was way, way back, and we were quite famous. I remember. 
Yosa was going to quit. I knew on that night. And I was so down, you know, I was so down. I was really like very in a terrible mood. Didn't want to go home. Didn't want to face my life. I just drove around, around. My marriage was on the rocks. And my partner was going to split, you know, like, what am I going to do? I have two tickets to support. I was in that mood when I came, I dropped into the riverboat, a coffee house, because that was like home to me. Well, I went there, I went in there and the, and the place was empty. Just a girl was standing on the stage, you know, really dressed terribly. <laughs> and then uh, she, she turned to the, to the microphone and started to sing these incredible songs, both sides. I had a king, the circle game. It was abs- I was absolutely, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And this girl, she, she was fabulous. I was really like starting to cry when she sang I had a king. Like I could barely stop my sobbing, you know, because it was all about my husband and I, I felt, you know, and here, she know, no more, the wedding, the marriage is no more. I could, everything she sang like from my heart. That is how I felt. And I told her right there and then, I said, wow, you're going, you're an immense, immense talent. As great as Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen, you're going to be huge or else this world has no brains. That is how we met. You didn't see her until you did an interview with her in 1973. And how important was that for you? It was huge. She didn't give an interview in many, like I think at least two or three years, to no one. And so that was a big coup, you know, and we didn't know how good it was. We didn't know how great Go- A Court and Spark would be, the record that she was working on. We, I came there to the studio where they were rehearsing, and I, I blew my mind. I just knew in my gut that it was going to be a huge hit. Johnny was in love with John Guerin, you know. It was the Court and Spark time, you know. It's just great. She's actually almost famous for her love affairs, almost as famous for her love affairs as, as for her work. I don't think so. You know, I asked her at that time, one of the questions that I asked her was, uh, did, you know, like the, the, she was with Taylor, with uh, Mesh, and, you know, all these fellows. And, she, and I said, well, don't, do you feel that you've made them, that they, they made you famous? Said, it's the opposite. They, got, they met at her house. She made them famous. What about her creative process fascinated you? Every song that she tells about writer's block, what she did, how to, she overcame it. And how did she overcome it? She painted. She said she comes from farmer's stock. And in the farmers, you know that you, you sort of turn the land, you lay it fallow for a while, and then you come back to it. And she said she painted. She couldn't write, so she painted. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. What do you think the connection is between her writing music and her painting? I think it comes from the same place. You know, it comes from the artistic stuff that sort of like, God knows how it happens. She had emotional problems or she suffered from depression, it almost sounds like. Well, at one time, she mentions it in the book. She went through a period when she was, that was in the 70s, that she was young, 27 years old. 
uh, at that time, and she mentions that she had a sort of the blues, you know, she cried, she like things like she saw she saw things that are she was really quite down, and that's when she tried to read. She read a lot of books to try to find out to discover herself. We went through that period. Oh, you have to find yourself and all that. She also writes, and she's had a song about it, obviously, about uh, giving up her daughter. And then later in life, she was reunited with her daughter. Right. Yes. That was really a wonderful thing. She was looking for her daughter, and her daughter was looking for her biological mother. She phoned Johnny's manager uh, in Vancouver. And when the manager heard her voice, he told Johnny, I think we found your daughter. Because her voice is just like Joni's. Interesting. Yeah. But going back to her giving up her daughter, she talks in in the book a bit about how difficult that experience was. Oh, God. And having been a, a, quote, unwed mother. Right. Well, at that time, it was really, there was such a stigma to it. It was horrible. So what do you make of the way her career has turned out and, and the latter part of her career, the part that she is enjoying now? Well, I'll tell you, I think, I mean, uh, she read me the other night, her liner notes, they're just amazing. I think she's, uh, she's starting to come back to writing. She plans to write her, her biography. And, uh, and the way she's writing now, I think it will be great, just as great as her songs. And in her family, they live till they're hundreds. <laughs> so, you know, like we have another 30 years of that, maybe. Okay, well, that would be, that would be <laughs> wonderful. Malka Marum, thank you so much. It was great to be with you, Libby. Joni Mitchell, in her own words, is published by ECW Press and distributed in Canada by Jaguar Book Group. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. We've heard about her personal life. In just a moment, we'll hear some of her music. One of Joni's biggest hits is up next. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, James Earl Jones stars in a revival of You Can't Take It With You. He's given up on the rat race, and he's really become an observer of the real race. Scott Ellis directs the classic production, which is in previews at the Longacre Theatre. In Los Angeles, one of the most influential artistic figures of the last 50 years is featured in a new exhibition. Yvonne Rayner first came to prominence as a leading figure in dance and choreography in the early 1970s. I wanted to uh, uh, deal with uh, social issues. The second wave of feminism was happening in New York. Yvonne Rayner Dances and Films is at the Getty Museum. To London, England, where the play Autobahn is getting good reviews, it follows colorful, complicated people making their way across America's highways and their stops, starts, and stalls along the way. It's at King's Head Theatre. And in Berlin, Jewish Culture Days feature exhibitions to recount the stories of the survivors of Nazi persecution. The Jewish Museum Berlin is presenting many of the exhibits and shows. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book.
Before we leave you today, we'll hear one of Joni Mitchell's biggest hits. She wrote the song after a trip to Hawaii. Mitchell said she looked out of her hotel window and saw the beautiful green mountains in the distance. But just below her was a parking lot that seemed to stretch for miles. From Joni Mitchell's 1970 album, Ladies of the Canyon, here is Big Yellow Taxi. up a parking lot With a pink hotel, a boutique and a swinging hot spot Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone The paradise, put up a parking lot The paradise, put up a parking lot <laughs> That was Joni Mitchell with Big Yellow Taxi, one of her most popular songs that's been covered by many artists since its release. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited, executive producer Moses Snymer. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program Director, John Bandrill. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.